podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris, and Gene being a little bit under the weather today, don't let me give you the details. Let's just say that if you hear me participating a little less than Chris, we'll just appreciate Chris's effort and you'll understand. Or maybe some of you people don't really want to hear from me at all. Maybe I should just be silent. (laughs) You know, I'm just going to go away and hide somewhere. No, I'm not going to do that. Anyway, seriously, we have received tons of comments about last week's episode with Daryl Sims, the alien hunter. And you know what? If we were taking a Gallup poll, he wouldn't score very high, would he, Chris? Uh, Apparently not. Unfortunately, you know, Daryl did uh, leave some pretty wide open doors uh, that several people have uh, walked through. That whole bit about blowing out a piece of DNA, I I really wanted to jump all over that, but... uh, Some things you have to just let drop. (laughs) I mean, when you get stuff like that, I got all these clumps of DNA on the floor. My heavens. It's yeah, the thick well, of this I, DNA. I mean, I'm just immersed in DNA. It's sticking to my fingers. And when I walk over there, my shoes are being covered with this stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know what to say. I, I think Daryl really means well. He does a lot of, uh, of pro bono, you know, work for people. He, he does attempt to help people in a very altruistic kind of way, which I, I really uh, admire and I respect him for that. Uh, as far as some of the science and other things, uh, there are lots of holes in the, um, in the presentation, I must say. Um, but again, you know, I've, I've known the guy 20 years and uh, he's always been a straight shooter with me. And, you know, I guess at some point you really do have to uh, <laughs> either accept, accept somebody's uh, word at face value or just ignore it, uh, call it into question, um, what have you. Again, I, I, I do think that Daryl is, uh, how would I put this? Uh, he's, he's fairly, I think, certain about, I think, a lot of things that he deals with in his work. And whether he's arrived at particular conclusions in a rock-solid way or not uh, is open to interpretation, obviously. But um, he's, he's fairly convinced of, of a number of things which uh, were covered in the show. And... You know, I, I just, I beg to differ uh, with a lot of it. Uh, obviously, the whole hypnotic regression uh, subject, I think, is is a, a real hot potato issue. I, I don't really think it's as an effective tool as, as Daryl does and others uh, in, in the abduction uh, field. But, um, you know, you got to hand it to the guy. He, he's really stuck with it, and uh, he's he's not doing this for... I think for fame or fortune, I think he truly is trying to help people, and I think he has been a help for people. So I, I think everything that we want to say about him has to be at least grounded through that. Well, you know, some of the things that bother me is when he came up with the statement that three people were going to analyze the DNA and kind of sort of backed out. And this is one of the problems we find, that someone claims to have proof positive of something, if we can put it all together, but it never gets put together. And I'm not going to criticize some people. I'm just going to mention them. For example, we have Ted Phillips and Marley Woods. And we had him on several years ago. And he was going to put up this website showing some of his evidence. And the site started to go up and then stopped. 
And I heard from him recently. He'd like to come on again, and certainly we're happy to have him. But we need more information about this case. We're the series of cases. And this yeah. is what always happens. And this is why the UFO field seems to go just so far and no farther, because the final evidence is never there. Now, back to Daryl Sims for a moment. Now, the last time I talked to him was, was actually almost seven years ago when we had him on the Paracast for one hour. And he seemed okay, a little wacky as he did this time. And I did a little opposition research before the episode to see just what information I could find. If you look up information that's unfavorable about him. Now, I realize people look up information that's unfavorable about everybody, and there's not a lot of bad stuff about him. The only thing I really found that was consistent was the fact that he had this falling out with Dr. Roger Lear over the matter of some of those implants. He claims that Lear took the implants. I don't know. I wasn't there. And certainly we should ask Dr. Lear if we have him on again. Possibly we will in the near future. That was about it. Now, maybe people think that what his theories state is so wacky that it's not worth opposition research. It's not worth tearing them apart. They stand and fall on the basis of their credibility. And maybe that's part of it. Because I know that when we booked him on the show, we had an avalanche of questions. We never got to all of them from listeners who questioned him. Oh, this guy's going to be a wacky person. And I took kind of a down-the-middle approach in questioning him myself, which was to ask him some hard questions, let him sink himself, if that's what he's going to do, or acquit himself. But you see, from the listeners, their viewpoint did not change that much from before the episode until after the episode. Right. So there you go. Yeah, again, I, you know, I don't, Really, I, I haven't really been following uh, his work as closely as I did back in the uh, mid '90s. Um, I, I must say that when he pulled out this uh, jewelry box with all the little compartments in it, and and each compartment had what was alleged to be alien implants, or probably about thirty of them at that point, uh, I kind of had to scratch my head and go, "Well, geez, that just looks like a piece of glass. That looks like a, a, a tiny finishing nail." That looks like a you know calcified uh, you know maybe piece of, of of bone or tissue or something. Uh, I I didn't see anything that um, that appeared to me just on the surface to be something high strange. So you know, and we didn't get into the whole. Uh, I think he did, didn't he? Do the the it was either the John Stewart or the um, the Colbert report. Uh, on Comedy Central, uh, <laughs> and he, you know, he kind of played along with the jokes and everything, but it, it, it really made him come across uh, looking quite foolish. And uh, I wanted to ask him about how he felt that 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 whole show and, and his portrayal, uh, how he felt about that. But uh, maybe when he comes on in the future at some point, we'll get a chance to ask him because I was aghast. I, I just thought to myself, "Oh boy." If it had been me, uh, I wouldn't have said yes and gotten gotten involved with uh, you know a, a, an obvious comedy uh, scenario. So they did actually uh, in '98 when they were first getting started. '99 they did contact me early on, and I politely declined. <laughs> so don't I mean, tell that to Nancy Pelosi. She was on one of those shows, and I gather she did very badly. You have to know to go with the flow and go with the joke. 
and have to have fun. You have to laugh with them. Don't let yes. them laugh at you. Well, Daryl did that, but they, they really, uh, he did not come across, uh, I think, in a way that he, he was hoping or he, he was, I'm sure he was a little bit uh, taken aback from uh, some of the things that they were saying and, and, and everything. But what can you do? Like you said, you have to go with the flow sometimes. Um, so we'll just have him back and uh, we'll get a chance to, uh, to get more uh, insight into his process and his methodologies and in other cases. He's, he has helped a lot of people. I, I think he mentioned the number 1500 at one point. Uh, that's, that's a lot of people to, uh, to interview and, and to, you know, attempt to help. So, I mean, that you, you got to hand it to him at least in that regard. How many people has he hypnotized or does he hypnotize people? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if he, I, I know he does have, uh, some hypnosis training. Uh, that's a good question for next time. Yes. Because we have all the concerns voiced about that. And also somebody who clearly has a belief system. It's so easy for them to consciously or subconsciously manipulate the questioning. And this was a point that we raised, and I want to get to it in our next segment before we go into some of our questions from listeners. We're doing a Shop Talk episode with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to A2Hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Gold, it's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. 
But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. It's no secret that silver is one of the oldest known natural antibiotics, but the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on big pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this truth dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888-213-4338. 888-213-4338. And talk to the patriots at utopiasilver.com, a leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins, and herbs. Utopiasilver.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. On the Paracast, Gene and Chris are talking shop. And we're talking about the aftermath of Daryl Sims' appearance on the Paracast last week. He is the alien hunter. And speaking of appearances, the Paracast is now being streamed over the IRN Internet Radio Network. Of course, we're on GCN. We're on Boost. That makes three networks that we're on right now. Well, a lot more people are joining up in the forums. You noticed that this week. Yeah. A lot more participation. Huge. And I haven't been in the forums that much because I've been ill. But that's how it goes. Okay. Point we mentioned here, and he mentioned it too, Sims, is that a lot of times the cases handled by researchers seem to reflect their point of view. So, for example, Dr. David Jacobs is dealing with alien hybrids, and he believes that millions of people have possibly been subjected to alien abductions, and therefore the cases he tends to bring out tend to reflect that point of view. Not that it's not genuine understand. But it seems that we attract what we want to believe or investigate. Yeah. Yeah, I did ask that question. I don't really remember him answering it very uh, directly. It is an interesting aspect of the UFO field in general. The fact that the field has this reflective attitude. This is something I remember reading from John Keel back in, what, the 60s and 70s. Right. He said... To run is an invitation to be chased. So the phenomenon runs after you, you try to run away. That may not be the best idea. Right. Good analogy. Indeed. 
<laughs> we have loads and loads and loads. Did I say loads? You said loads. Okay. From our listeners' questions in anticipation of this episode, we only announced it one day in advance. Okay? But we do this every few months to kind of give listeners a chance to question us and also talk about issues of the day in the paranormal field. And we got loads and loads of questions like, did I say loads? You said loads. More than ever. And I think it's partly because we are, have additional listeners now who are joining us. So, Chris, let's start with a few questions and see where it takes us. Um, okay. I mean, there's, like you said, quite a number of them. So we'll try to get to as many as we can. The first one comes from Steve C., who jumped right in uh, within minutes of, uh, of posting the question bank thread. And he would like to have us discuss the friendship UFO tall white alien case out of uh, Chile in 1984 and the Colaris Brazil Chupa UFO cases uh, from the late 70s. And uh, what do you think of the friendship uh, UFO case? I'm, I'm not really that familiar with it. Are you? No, I'm not. Hmm. Now, I can't help you there, Steve, on that one. I'll have to do a little research myself to get up to speed. Now, I do know about the Calaris Brazil uh, UFO flap at the mouth of the Amazon. I do, based on Bob Pratt's book, uh, the work of Jacques Vallée in a chapter that he wrote in his book, Confrontations, I think it's been fairly well established that the hunters who were waiting in trees at night uh, for game to go by and then were hit with some sort of particle beam-like, I guess I would call it a weapon, from these flying refrigerator-sized glowing white objects that uh, they called uh, chupas. I do think that there is evidence, uh, fairly good, substantial evidence, that these people were hit by something uh, high strange. There's photographs, autopsy reports. Um, I Just off the top of my head, I do seem to recall a nurse who was involved with quite a number of these, uh, these victims and that it was covered fairly extensively in the uh, newspapers. Of course, A.J. Gavard has done uh, quite a bit of work on these cases and uh, I think interviewed uh, several of the principals. So I really do have a sense that that case is one of our best cases to demonstrate that Stephen Greer doesn't know what he's talking about when he says that all UFOs and their occupants are benevolent and we shouldn't be wary of them or be in a place of, uh, of fear even. Uh, this runs totally counter to that particular opinion. And, um, and it's not the only case. There have been other cases too where, where people seem to have been attacked or, or physically hurt whether by design or inadvertently from, uh, from UFOs and, and the, you know, the apparent uh, occupants. What do you think about Kolaris? Have you done any study on that? No, study specifically. I'm aware of it. But you look here at all the cases that show possible disinterest or hostility on the part of UFOs. I think any UFO abduction is a hostile act. It's invasive. It's kidnapping. I mean, if I came to your house at night and I pulled you out of bed and dragged you into a spaceship and did physical examinations, that's a nice thing to do? How no. can anyone say that an abduction is a benevolent or friendly act? It's not friendly. Well, on the surface, yeah, you could make the argument that possibly it's being done for our good. 
Um, it's like animals being tagged in, in the wild by humans, being studied. Possibly uh, there's some sort of medical work that's being done. Now, all these are just obviously just what-if scenarios, but I think uh, the whole idea that uh, that Greer, for instance, uh, promotes is that all abductions are done by the U.S. government, that they're all, what do they call them, uh, my labs or something, military abductions. Again, I, I just, I, <laughs> you can't just take a one-size-fits-all approach and, and answer these types of questions with one blanket statement or one answer. I, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. So I agree with you that the abduction phenomenon aspects of it are, are horrific and people are traumatized. So anyway, that's kind of where I come down on that. I, I, I do think the Kolaris case is a, is a very, very good example of, of the potential for harm uh, the cattle mutilation phenomenon, for instance, if it does have some sort of off-planet extraterrestrial involvement, which I personally uh, think is one of the least likely scenarios. But on the surface, I mean, if you're a rancher and, and your your herd is is targeted, I mean, that's not a benevolent act. And it does have the appearance of something very horrific and very negative. So, you know, we really have to, uh, we have to temper our enthusiasm and our you know our our want to believe or want it to be uh all positive i I think that that's that's just not it's not an effective uh answer or an approach to the to the whole scenario well there could be different interests involved even assuming et is involved it's alien could be more than one race or it could be more than one faction or country, or whatever, of a particular race of people. They have different interests, different concerns. And as you said, with abductions, they may not even regard us as intelligent beings worthy of any respect at all. So if what they do is harmful, they just don't care. So I can't go along with Greer. There's always too many exceptions. With Gene and Chris talking shop, you're in The Paracast. largest independently owned communications network GCN Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike it's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget a former US military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S dot com.
It's time for a home security quiz. What effective home security device is smaller than a coffee cup, fakes out burglars into thinking someone is home at your house while you're away, plugs into any wall outlet, is recommended by many police departments, and sells for less than $30? Yes, it's fake TV. This year, about one in every 50 U.S. homes will have a break-in, with burglars usually picking the easy target, a dark house that looks like no one is home. Fake TV is a small electronic security device that makes it look like someone is home watching TV by simulating the light from a real TV. Fake TV could be the difference between coming home to a secure house or one that's been ransacked. To get your fake TV for only $29.95 with free shipping, go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. That's 877-532-5388 or go to faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy viruses products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey water filters for the love of clean water. Question. Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM1 from Terraganics. Pro-EM1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM1 from Terraganics. Life's getting better. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? On the Paracast with Gene and Chris, we're doing a talk shop episode, and we're answering your questions. I tell you right now, in the last few weeks, as our listeners have increased... We've gotten more and more questions, and it gets more and more difficult to answer everyone, but we're going to do our level best. There are tons of questions we're going to try to get through. Some of them we can just say, I don't know, and go to the next one. Chris? Well, the last question that Steve C. is posing here is about Bill Burns and how he could let UFO Magazine go under because of default when he's a publisher and an attorney by trade. I'm going to have to let Gene kind of... uh, go with that one because I really am not familiar with the, with the whole scenario that's surrounding the demise uh, of UFO magazine. What do you think? 
Well, okay. So we have this this company, this individual, whoever, buys UFO magazine from Don and Vicki Ecker. And Bill and Nancy Burns are given the task of being publishers. Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time with this. There are too many questions to deal with. But evidently, the publisher of UFO magazine, the owner, notified Bill and Nancy Burns, we're going to sell it. You no longer have a license to publish. So that's it. I guess they're going to be doing something else. I don't know whether it has a paranormal bent or not. But understand, for the past couple of years, UFO magazine has appeared with less and less frequency. They tried to go all digital some months back, I think, with one issue. And I know if I owned a magazine, and I don't know the reasons behind this, so I'm not going to blame Bill and Nancy Burns about anything. But if I didn't see the magazine prospering, if I didn't see regular publication, I'd say, you know, this is not working out. I'll sell it. That's it. The thing that bothers me is that nobody will identify the publisher. And we looked it up. And someone connected with the motion picture industry is registered as the one who filed for the corporation, UFO Magazine Incorporated. But why would a motion picture company or a motion picture producer or packager buy a UFO magazine. It doesn't make sense to me. In any case, I did write to Bill Burns, and he did indicate once the dust settled, maybe later this year, he would be willing to come on and tell us a story. So there you go. For now, UFO magazine is history. I guess if someone has the money to invest and wants to buy a UFO magazine, there you go. I mean, we've heard pros and cons about the current content, but there's a great history, a very solid material from Don and Vicki Ecker, and I'd like to see that preserved. Yeah, yeah I guess the best place to go would be the, the horse <laughs> and let the horse speak for itself on this one. Uh, again, I've, I've just been saddened by the way it's gone downhill over the past uh, years uh, since Don and Vicki gave it up. It, it, I don't know. It, it is just filled with too many columns, uh, not enough quality stories. Uh, the investigative aspect of it has totally disappeared. There's a lot of new agey kind of frou-frou stuff now. And, and I just don't think, I think it's apples and oranges. Uh, Fate Magazine would be a good example of, of one publication that's managed to kind of ride the fence on on the content. But UFO Magazine should be about UFOs and it should be more nuts and bolts, uh, in my opinion, uh, like it was back in the in the 90s. Well, I do know of a, one example, which I won't mention here because there's too much controversy, where they actually tried to become like a national inquirer and take a gossipy approach to one case involving a problem that one particular investigator had with his subjects. I won't mention it here because every time Chris or I say one or two words about it, mentioning names... Someone will write like hundreds of thousands of words about it. So, okay, let's see what happens with UFO magazine. My opinion is, based on the history of any UFO publication, once they're gone, they're gone. Let's move on. Okay, Techno Majet has uh, six questions here, and he is a fairly new uh, addition to the forum.paracast.com family. And uh, his first question is a good one, and uh, I'll attempt to answer it, and then I'll throw it, throw it over to Eugene. Why are researchers not eager to share their data? 
I've heard this from Ted Phillips, Ray Stanford, Daryl Sims, Roger Lear, and several others. It seems like they're going about it the wrong way, and progress won't be made if they're the only ones who have the evidence. Well, don't want to sound like a broken record here, but uh, let's go down the list. Ted Phillips is under a non-disclosure agreement and cannot disclose uh, because of the funding source it has a muzzle on him. Ray Stanford doesn't care if people know. He's uh, still busy getting his data together. It will be presented to the scientific and academic communities before it is public, uh, made public. We just heard from Daryl Sims, and uh, we heard his uh, take on some of the things he's working on. I think Daryl is fairly transparent. Uh, you know, p- people, you got to understand, you can't. Uh, present all this stuff out into the public realm and expect any sort of real serious scientific scrutiny. I think the the Melba Ketchum fiasco uh, is a perfect illustration of what happens when important information of a scientific nature is not properly handled and released in a way that is acceptable to the scientific and academic communities. Dr. Roger Lear, I, you know, again, I'm, I, I really don't know too much about what he has pending. I remember he made quite an amazing statement about five, six years ago at the X conference about an implant that was transmitting. And he said, we're going to hear all about this very soon. And uh, I've never heard a word about it. Isn't that the way it always is, though? Someone says, you're going to hear about this soon. There's going to be disclosure. We're going to reveal the information that will knock your socks off. Yeah. And the socks aren't knocked off because none of it ever happens. It gets back to what I was saying earlier. Even with Daryl Sims, he's got DNA evidence, but the three scientists who are going to analyze it, well, they pulled out. Right. Well, in the case of Ray Stanford, he has shown his evidence to some very, very highly placed individuals in the scientific uh, community. And uh, I'm not allowed to share names, but believe me, we're talking about some heavy hitters. And uh, word is getting around about Ray's work, and more and more uh, scientists and others are getting in contact with him and getting uh, personal uh, presentations of aspects of his work. His work is voluminous, so it could take literally a week to get through it all. Uh, and that's a week of full days, too. I, I spent 14 hours, and I, I wasn't, wasn't able to, to get through the latest um, additions to, the, to his da- data and his analysis. Uh, I don't think that people are necessarily going about these, um, you know, these processes the wrong way as it's being couched here. It's like, there's a need to, there's need to know issues here uh, in in some regard now if it comes to some lay person that has some great footage that's one thing if it comes to anything uh, anecdotal i mean you know more power to the person to to get the word out about it but when it comes to to physical evidence and analyzing data it has to be done properly and you just can't go off nilly-willy and uh, and spread this stuff all over uh to titillate people in the public that may not really have a need to know. So, you know, you just have to uh, let these people uh, go about it at their own pace, hope that they come up with something and give them encouragement instead of dogging them. Give them encouragement. If you're interested in a person's work, contact them privately. Uh, I think taking pot shots publicly uh, against these people just exacerbates the problem and makes them more reticent not to come out with their, with their information. 
Maybe so, but we still have that problem, which is that we have people who claim to have very serious evidence demonstrating UFOs are real in some respect, but we never see the evidence. And the problem is traditional science is going to say, put up or shut up. You've got to give them a reason, because very few scientists get that reason, to go out on the limb and make an effort to find out what's really going on. So I understand there could be legitimate reasons, and I respect the fact that you have seen things that Ray Stanford has done, but someday it's got to come out, otherwise it's going to go nowhere. Gene and Chris are talking shop and answering your questions. You're in the Paracast. independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the Earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. Hey everyone, have you heard about the no-no hair removal device that's sweeping the globe? If you want to go weeks without shaving and get smooth, professional quality results, here's our favorite host Cheryl for no-no hair removal. Thanks. Hey gals, I love talking about my no-no. It's this cute little hair removal system that you can take with you and use almost anywhere at home or on the road. No more expensive in-office treatments, painful waxing, and no more wasting your valuable time. Got unwanted facial hair? No-no hair has patented Thermacon technology that works on all hair and skin colors. So it's perfect for using on all body parts. And now you can take advantage of this incredible risk-free trial. Get the no-no, the facial kit, a travel case, and a $100 discount shopping card. And you don't risk a penny to try it. Try the incredible no-no hair completely risk-free. Call 1-800-953-6062. That's 800-953-6062. 800-953-6062. Now you can get the same survival food U.S. Special Forces use on their toughest field missions. High-protein, high-energy, freeze-dried foods known as long-range patrol rations or LERPs. Soldiers love LERP rations. They're lightweight and easy to carry. Easy to prepare by just adding water. Easy to enjoy because they taste great. Civilians love LERPs as a solution for emergency preparedness and recreational activities with limited storage space, such as hiking, climbing, sailing, or RV travel. Veteran-owned Freeze-Dry Guy is your exclusive source for this 2013 U.S. military overrun. Long on nutrition, these delicious entrees have a long shelf life lasting decades. 
but this rare opportunity, this limited supply, will not last long. You have to act now. Call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD, or log on now to freezedryguy.com, freezedryguy.com. Ouch! My back is out again. Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit DrOrtman.com. That's D-R-O-R-T-M-A-N.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. With Gina and Chris in the Paracast, we're talking shop. And I mentioned people like Ray Stanford, who's a very sincere guy. His more traditional scientific work has been praised. Washington Post written about him. But he has kept his stuff close to the vest. People with a need to know or under NDA take a look at it, like Chris. Chris, you've seen his evidence. You've been impressed by it. But we're reaching a dead end here. When is somebody, among all these people, when is somebody going to release something that's so compelling we can't dismiss it? Because otherwise the field goes nowhere if it's just going to be, well, a bunch of private researchers who accumulate evidence and they stick it in a lockbox, how does that advance the UFO field? Yeah. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. And unfortunately, uh, in the case of, let's say, Ted Phillips, you have someone that is, has a muzzle on because of uh, he's beholden to the funders of his particular surveillance project out there. So it's really difficult. Um, I have been trying my, my darndest and with gentle reminders, with, with you know trying to bait him, trying to goad him. Ray Stanford is... He's slow, methodical, and when he's ready to present uh, his work, he will probably do it in a some sort of scientific uh, forum. So, you know, I I just um, I'm as frustrated, probably more so than most people, when it comes to Ray. Um, the other individuals that were mentioned, you know, they all have their various reasons, and um, you know, we're just going to have to be patient. Another question he has about Ted Phillips is the cave in the Balkans that contains some kind of alien technology. He's wondering if that's ever been found. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. I I do believe that they know where it is. It's a question of whether it has been excavated or has been analyzed. Uh, again, some very important letters are in the APRO files that were written by the Czechoslovakian captain, if memory serves me correct, uh, to APRO. And... Uh, you know, that's one of the things that Ted is really wanting to get his hands on is some of the correspondence from that Czech captain to Heineck, which is in the APRO files. Uh, that's something something else that uh, we can ask Ted about when we have him on. 
Here's one for you, Jane. What are your opinions on the moon landings? I heard someone say that the first moon landing couldn't have happened, but others did happen. Uh, he mentions the wrong door size on the lamb or problems with spacesuits. He says, I haven't researched this, so I'm assuming we landed on the moon, but I'd like to know your opinions on this. Now, didn't the Chinese claim that they uh, actually photographed uh, uh, the uh, Tranquility Bay and they, they actually saw the uh, tracks or, or one of the landing sites, they saw the tracks from the astronauts on the, the, the recent Chinese uh, flyby? I recall something to that effect. At this point, you know, no matter what major event happens, there is a conspiracy theory about it. So I know there are people even in our forums who will tell you the moon landing didn't occur. Now, I was around when it did, and I don't remember anything about it that seemed incredible. What's incredible to me is that after the initial moon landing program ended, our space program essentially died. We can give more conspiracy theories. But it's true with any one of these things. You know, 9-11 wasn't what we thought. It was a false flag. It was generated by our government or allowed to happen because the Bush administration got, what, 55 warnings about things but didn't connect the dots. There are a lot of things you could say, hindsight being better than foresight, about why things happened. There are a lot of things, but it doesn't mean that there was a conspiracy that we brought down a building. Why did we do that? It seems like everything has a conspiracy. Like, for example, Apple fixed a serious bug with SSL verification. SSL, of course, is like you go to a company website or use secure email and you have this connection, secure sockets layer connection, a secure connection. And in the recent Apple software for iPhone, iPad, Mac, there was a defect, like an extra line of code. That's all it was. But it made the verification not work. And that could have caused problems because people could have pulled some stuff. The stuff didn't happen. And we got one guy out there saying, well, Apple knew about this and they never fixed it until whatever they decided to fix it. Why would they allow that to happen? Where's the motive? Why does a company want to injure somebody? Which this could have done because if anyone knew how to exploit it, they could steal your bank accounts, all sorts of things. Again, a conspiracy. But a conspiracy has to have a motive has to have a reason, has to have evidence. Yeah, I agree. And I do think we went to the moon. I think possibly some of the photographs and uh, footage may have been pre-shot uh, in case they needed to use it. That's, that's, always, been, that's always been a, a curious possibility in my mind because there are some interesting anomalies in the photographs that uh, can't be explained. Uh, if you've ever done your research into this subject. Of course, uh, Don Ecker uh, has, and he would be a really good person to bounce that particular question off of. we got to move on here. Are there any alien abduction reports today, or are they done with this type of interaction with us? Well, I, I wouldn't know how to answer that. It seems like it's kind of fallen off the map quite a bit in the last uh, five or six years, uh, up to 10 years almost. I mean, since, the, I guess, the late 90s, it seems to really have, have fallen out of the uh, spotlight in terms of a subject matter in the public's uh, in the public realm. Uh, I, I have only had, as I mentioned, I think before, three or four abduction claims, and all the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cases that I've been exposed to, mostly from Colorado. So I, I am not the person to really uh, check with on that. I do see a real 
deadening of interest in it, though. I, it's, it seems to have really kind of fallen off the map. What do you think, Gene? You're right. We seem to always be talking about classic abduction cases, but not so much about recent ones. Not that there aren't recent cases. Now, a few years back, we featured a guest named Doug. And I know his real name. And he was working with the late Bud Hopkins at the time. And he had some pretty frightening experiences that seemed to extend to a more recent time frame. So I guess they're happening. But, you know, maybe people would rather not talk about them anymore. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to deal with. Daryl did seem to have some fairly current cases. So evidently they're still going on. But I, I don't think it's really kind of captured and uh, become part of the zeitgeist uh, here in, uh, you know, the second decade of the 21st century. I, I don't I just don't see it. Another question here is, Chris, what did the aliens you saw look like? Well, number one, I never said they were aliens. I just said they were non-human. Uh, I did a complete description of this in the November 29th, 2009 show, my first appearance on the, on the Paracast as a guest. And uh, I gave a full description of these beings that were about my height. I was seven, so they're about three and a half, four feet tall. Uh, they all carried identical. There were three, possibly four of them. There seemed to be one a little taller in the back that was hiding. I don't recall any features of their faces. They seemed extremely skinny, uh, impossibly so. I called them stick men. And they all were carrying these about two foot uh, glittering spears, as I called them. They were like these rods that they had in their hand. Uh, other than that, I, there's a whole blow-by-blow blow, description of the of the encounter. There was no communication, nothing telepathic. I was not, uh, I had no sleep paralysis. I was totally awake. And all the details were in that uh, November 29, 2009 appearance that I made here at the Paracast. Here's one. What do you think of those Ben Rich comments that he made about uh, we have the technology to take ET home, etc. Anything you can imagine, we've already we already can do it. There have been a number of of uh, comments uh, that have been ascribed to Ben Rich. Of course, who was the head of the Skunk Works uh, for Lockheed for many years. Well, we had Jan Harzen, the new uh, director for International MUFON, on. He was in the room and actually tried to get Rich after the presentation to clarify some of the, the enigmatic comment that he made at the end. Some people have claimed that he was just joking. According to Harzen, he wasn't. So uh, I wasn't there. I can't really give a definitive answer to that. Uh, what do you think? Were they jokes, Gene? Were, were, were these real comments that he was serious about? Or was this just disinformation? Well, Harzan's a pretty serious guy. That's the impression I got when we had him on the show. Pretty straight-ahead kind of guy. And I expect that he probably did hear this, but whether or not it was serious, you know, I have no idea. He guy may have been exaggerating. I don't know that much about the fellow's personal history. But this is part of the problem with the UFO field. We get all this stuff, all this tantalizing bits of information, and we never nail it down. It just hangs out there in the wind. Now, it's enough to drive people crazy. I know a lot of people just give up on the UFO field saying it's toxic because you get all the claims and you can't prove them. Gene and Chris are talking shop. You're in the Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. 
Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the People grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pillow. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. Or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Ah, this is a fascinating episode. This is a lot of fun. I kind of expected I wouldn't participate very much because I've been down under the weather here since earlier this week. But I'm managing. I may disappear later in the show. I may vanish in the haze. (laughs) Or I'll just do some kind of hazy management, depending on how it goes. We have a lot of questions from you listeners. When you heard about this, you got like a day's notice, and we were filled with more questions than we'll be able to handle. Let's try to go through them pretty quickly, Chris. Well, we have one from a recently joined uh, member at forum.theparacast.com, calls himself Stool Pigeon, just joined our club here Monday. And he goes, piggybacking on last week's episode, I would love to hear Gene and Chris discuss any firsthand experiences they have had with regression hypnosis, how they feel about it, and or how they think it works. Ever been hypnotized, Gene? Actually, I've hypnotized people a few times when I was a teenager. I remember one particular instance, I was maybe 18 or 19 years of age. I read a couple of books on hypnosis that I bought by mail order. And I said, you know, let me try something here. So we had this young man who smoked cigarettes. And I gave him a post-hypnotic suggestion that every time he tried to smoke a cigarette, it would taste very bitter. And, you know, hypnotic suggestions don't last forever. So for the first two times he tried it, maybe three times, whatever, he 
couldn't smoke the cigarette, so he was about to give it up. But then his crazy friends came back at him and said, hey, why don't you smoke the cigarette? What happens next? They wanted to see him say the cigarette had a bitter taste. Of course, after the suggestion, as they say, faded away, he became a smoker again. So that was one of the few suggestions. We also gave hypnotic suggestions to a young woman. (laughs) Not what you think, but I was tempted. And that was it. I was never hypnotized, or at least I'm not aware of being hypnotized. I've never had the desire to be hypnotized. So if people are going to suggest that maybe I'm too crazy and maybe a little hypnosis will help, you're probably right. It's probably too late. Chris? I have been hypnotized. In fact, I was hypnotized by the first licensed hypnotherapist in the United States, Dr. Ivar Berkland, back in, I think, 1970, 71. Uh, I went to him with my mother. It was I was kind of having some problems in school. I wasn't really focusing very well, so this was a an attempt to possibly get me to become more settled down. I was pretty wild uh, to settle me down and to get me uh, back into, you know, my my what had been previously very very good uh, grades and everything. And I remember uh, being hypnotized, and there was a recording made of the session. And I remember after the session, uh, the doctor and my mother uh, seemed disturbed uh, for some reason. That's the only way I can know. They, they seemed closed mouth. They wouldn't tell me what was wrong. Uh, I was asked to leave the office and sit outside in the waiting room. They had a discussion. My mom came out with the tape. I asked her if, we, if I could hear it. She says, no. I never did get an answer from her what happened during that session. I said something that, that, that freaked them out. Uh, I'm not sure what it was. I don't know if he regressed me uh, back to the experience I had. Uh, that, that was one thing that I, I thought maybe it had happened, but uh, I, never, I never really pressed the issue. Other than that, uh, I have not been hypnotized. Uh, I have had many opportunities uh, to be regressed, to find out more about my own experience. I have always declined. I've, I, I'm, I'm confident that uh, I've been dealing with that particular uh, element, uh, that story element in my life uh, fairly well. I don't need to potentially open up some sort of Pandora's box. And I think that obviously if someone has any sort of association with ufology, they, uh, I would never, ever go to somebody that had a professed interest in abduction research I would only go to someone that absolutely had no interest in it at all. And uh, if I do plan or decide rather to to become regressed to find out more about my experience, uh, that would be uh, that that there's no way I would go to to someone involved in any way, shape or form in ufology. So, so moving right along, we've got a number of questions uh, from. Techno Majit, I'm not sure if we can cover cover these. Uh, it's about uh, his wife has had some very uh, interesting experiences. We'll get to those if we can. Okay. <laughs> What's the reality of getting a decent convention together? You can make a commercial by having fight club debates. Talking the Herd, Chris O'Brien versus Linda Moldy Cow. 
it would be nice to have a really top class state of the union address about the field of UFOs, laying out the various claims and problems, key cases. Top this off with earth shattering evidence that we've been waiting for from you know who and Bob's your uncle. Um, hmm. You know what? Not sure what to make of that one. We have talked about having a, a Paracast uh, convention uh, conference, but uh, have you heard the latest on uh, on the UFO Congress? No, I have not. I haven't yeah, heard anything a about it going around. I, I was wondering if you possibly heard anything about this. That uh, the prior, the guy that started the conference along with his wife, uh, Bob Brown, his wife now Terry has passed away. Bob sold, I thought, the conference to. John Ray on Open Minds. Uh, but from what I'm hearing, there was a five-year take-back clause that within five years, if Bob wanted to reassume control of the, of the UFO Congress, that he had that right to do that. Now I'm hearing that the next Scottsdale version with Open Minds may be their last, and the conference may move to Las Vegas uh, and I do, I seem to remember hearing that I think Bob retains the ownership of the actual name, the International UFO Congress. Have you heard anything about this, Gene? I don't follow that kind of scuttlebutt, honestly. And I have not heard much in the wake of the last conference as to how well it did. I know their reach to the media was not as good as previous conventions. Let's just leave it there. We don't know. As far as there being an official Paracast convention. We had talked it over with one of the members of our forum moderating staff, but he has had some personal issues to resolve, and so his participation was put off for a while. As with everything else, conventions are really, really difficult. They're really expensive. We'd have to look for a money source or go to a GoFundMe or Kickstarter campaign to raise funds for a convention. And I don't know how many of these events actually even make back the investment. I'd be interested in doing it, but I'm skeptical. I've tried it in the past, many, many years ago, and we lost a little money. It was fun. I just don't know that it was worth the effort. Yeah. Well, I think it's an outmoded way to present information. I think that's an old school way. Get people to travel somewhere, you know, put get, you know, butts in the seats type thing. I think the internet's and the younger generations coming up are not interested in that particular method of relating information uh, to the public. Uh, I think I, something like going to a Netflix and doing some kind of pay routine. Yeah, a streaming a streaming, streaming video of a convention. We'd have to find, obviously, a corporate sponsor yeah. or more corporate sponsors. And this is something where, to see it, you'd have to pay. I know Apple TV and other streaming services have different services where you can have a pay-per-view situation. You can do that with the major cable and satellite providers. But obviously, we wouldn't want it to be on a single device because what happens there is that it limits our audience. But that's one possibility, some kind of pay-per-view event, or maybe do it online ourselves, set up the streaming architecture and see what happens. And this way, you don't have to be there. But there is still something. I know it's an old-fashioned concept. But there's something about meeting people face-to-face, talking to people. And just having canned events or having events to an online interactive audience, a virtual audience, 
doesn't have the same feeling to me. I'm getting old, I guess. We're talking shop with Gene and Chris. He agrees with me that I'm getting old. You're in <laughs> the Paracast. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hi, this is Steve Spillum for Midas Resources. In 1971, President Nixon took the United States off the gold standard and put us into a fiat currency. This allowed Congress and the Federal Reserve to create trillions of dollars out of thin air. The national debt has risen to incredible heights and your hard-earned dollars by a small fraction of what they once did. The average life expectancy for a fiat currency is 27 years. The dollar is failing and on borrowed time. When currencies fall, people turn to gold and silver because gold and silver have been real money for more than 5,000 years. It is our mission at Midas resources to help you preserve your capital. Don't let your personal savings shrink to nothing. For important free information on how you can protect your personal wealth, contact me, Steve Spillum, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Call today while we are still accepting dollars for gold and silver. 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Make a change in your financial security today. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bodies products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey water filters for the love of clean water. Now you can get the same survival food U.S. Special Forces use on their toughest field missions. High-protein, high-energy, freeze-dried foods known as long-range patrol rations or LERPs. Soldiers love LERP rations. They're lightweight and easy to carry. Easy to prepare by just adding water. Easy to enjoy because they taste great. Civilians love LERPs as a solution for emergency preparedness and recreational activities with limited storage space, such as hiking, climbing, sailing, or RV travel. Veteran-owned Freeze-Dry Guy is your exclusive source for this 2013 U.S. military overrun. Long on nutrition, these delicious entrees have a long shelf life, lasting decades. 
but this rare opportunity, this limited supply, will not last long. You have to act now. Call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD, or log on now to freezedryguy.com, freezedryguy.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So there you go. Should we hold an official Paracast convention, a pay-per-view event? What should it be? But don't you agree with me, Chris, that yes, the kids don't go to these conventions. The last IUFOC I went to last year. I don't remember that many people under 50. Yeah, that's true. The average age is definitely over 50, no question. Probably closer to 60. <laughs> Ouch. Actually, yeah. Okay, well, let's move on. Burnt State, he's always got some uh, interesting questions. There's one in here that I particularly uh, <laughs> can't wait to answer. But his first question is, and of course, he did post this question on the question thread, which is on forum.theparacast.com where you can go and ask questions of our guests. And he goes, no hemming or hawing, are alien abductions actually happening? And please explain your thinking on this subject. Well, we kind of already did. I think abductions uh, are a real phenomenon, but I don't think they are what people think they are. I think uh, much of this is wrapped up in new myth, uh, kind of some sort of subterfuge going on, screen memories. Uh, I think it's very complicated. I don't think it's nuts and bolts UFOs coming down and sucking you out your window up into a craft. I think the most of these events are actually taking place around you in your own space. Uh, there may be some dimensional aspect to it. I, I don't know. I haven't spent enough time. I haven't had the interest nor have I had the case cases to actually study, to really get into this whole phenomenon. I've always been very, very leery of, of it. And there's just something about the whole scenario that, uh, that's wrong. And uh, I, I really have a sense that it's much more complicated than what your standard abduction researcher uh, believes. How about you, Gene? Do you remember a question I asked several times of Daryl Sims last week? What if the abduction experience itself is a screen memory to hide something else? Yeah. And he never understood that. He was trying to say, well, they give screen memories to prevent us from knowing that we were abducted. No, that's not my question. And he never really answered it. My no, question. That's right. My question was, what if what you perceive to be the experience, being taken aboard a spaceship, being captured by alien beings, being subjected to physical examinations. What if that is a screen memory for some other event? Now, I'm not going to speculate what that event might be. I mean, those who believe abductions are military pranks would say, hey, yeah, isn't that what Dr. Greer says? I'm saying is we don't know what the real memory is. I would think of an advanced civilization has the capability of flying here. They have the capability of manipulating our minds so that we not only couldn't see them like the shadow of the 1930s and 40s pulps, but we wouldn't even know what the encounter really was. 
If they want to hide it, they're not so stupid as to deliver a screen memory that can transparently be decoded by a simple attempt to hypnotic regression. If they're going to go through the bother, what are they really doing? Yeah. Well, again, like I said, I, I really am fairly agnostic about about this whole subject because I, I just, I don't know, I just haven't had the um, compulsion to really, really dive into it. Uh, of course, I've read uh, quite a number of books on the subject, but in terms of, of really diving into it and getting involved uh, as an investigator into this realm, I haven't had the cases to, uh, that would justify that. So I'm really the wrong guy to ask about it. I don't know enough about it. And uh, But what I do know is that uh, it, there's something way more complex going on than meets the eye. And I think, Gene, you may, you, know, you may kind of hit the nail on the head with it. I mean, obviously, these are people that are being traumatized. Uh, and I don't think that all of them are just experiencing sleep paralysis or temporal lobe epilepsy, rather, or other mundane explanations that, that debunkers and, and real skeptical types use to, to attempt to explain what people are going through. I do think there is a real phenomenon. What that actually is, I, I don't know. Okay, moving along. Bird State wants to know, Chris, you get critiqued a lot in the forums as being too eager to believe or for just being plain gullible. Uh, let me address that first of all. <laughs> okay, um, if this is something, I will not help you, Chris. <laughs> you're on your own. You're out on the limb. It's it's okay. okay. Um, it, you know, people people can take my enthusiasm any way you want. If you think I'm eager to believe and just plain gullible, that's your prerogative. I would argue that I'm I'm. That's a good front, and uh, and that if you really think that, then I'm very effective at keeping people off guard. Uh, in that in that sense, I am extremely skeptical over much of what passes as phenomenal uh, research and studies, uh, especially in, in the field of ufology. I just um, I like to keep people at ease. I like to give them enough rope so that they possibly show um, their true colors about the level of their their knowledge, the the quality of their knowledge. If you think that's being too eager to believe in gullible, I'm doing a great job. Okay, where do you stand on the UFO phenomenon in terms of ETH, ultra-terrestrial, interdimensional? And uh, I, he also wants to hear your views on this. I'll take it first. Okay. I think the UFO phenomenon is real. I don't think that it's uh, nuts and bolts craft coming from another planet, although that is obviously an option and you cannot rule it out. I think that's the least likely explanation. I think we're dealing with something that has probably been here longer than we have. It may have the capability to leave uh, this planet, but uh, I do have a sense that uh, Jacques Vallée and John Keel and others of their ilk, are, I think, are on the right track by thinking that this is something that uh, is much more closely related to this planet in this closed system than your average true believer uh, is aware of. And whether that's dimensional, whether it's ultra-terrestrials, uh, meta-terrestrials, uh, crypto-terrestrials, I don't know. We don't have enough information to really make that determination. But except for the work of Ray Stanford, I see nothing that indicates that we are being visited by beings from another solar system, galaxy, what have you. I've said this many times on the show and on the forums. How about you, Gene? I think the jury is still out as to what's happening. I mean, 
very recently in the last few years, more and more possible Earth-like planets are being discovered in our nearby space. Nearby space being, you know, a few hundred light years away. And certainly if conditions are amenable to life, advanced civilizations could arise there. So as far as the logic behind it is concerned, it makes sense that maybe E.T. exists. It also makes sense that E.T. might visit here. But the problem is here is we can't prove that. We could only prove something's happening that we cannot explain, that can be photographed, tracked on radar. It leaves trace evidence. People see entities or beings, but that doesn't prove where the entities are. Some entities say, hey, we're E.T., we're from elsewhere, but why believe the entities? Wouldn't they have a cover story to deliver to the local populace in case they were discovered? And maybe they're not from there. They're from someplace closer to home. We're answering your questions in a Shop Talk episode. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Bearcast. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Curious about what comes next? Next is the feeling of vulnerability you get after you arrive home to discover your house has been ransacked by burglars. Fool the bad guys with a new improved fake TV. You asked for it, we listened, and we made our new fake TV three times brighter than our previous model. The brightness of our new fake TV is equivalent to a 40-inch TV. It simulates the color and motion of a real TV while you're away from home. 
And when burglars think someone is home watching television, they're likely to pass your house and move on to an easier target. The new, brighter Fake TV is only $39.95 and includes free shipping. Go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. That's 877-532-5388 or go to faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. It's that time of year again, and you know what that means. Cold and flu season. But don't worry. HerbalHealer.com has you and your loved ones covered with our safe and natural products. Cold and flu fighters like beta-glucans, olive leaf antiviral capsules, grapefruit seed extract, HHA four-herb capsules, elderberry power, and respirate. And don't forget about oregacillin for the lungs, normally $34.95, on sale now for only $25. Vitamin D3, 120-count soft gels, only $9. Whole body and homeopathic detoxes for the lungs, kidneys, liver, lymph, and brain, normally $26.95, now just $20. HerbalHealer.com also offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Visit HerbalHealer.com and click the Winter Specials button to save on our natural cold and flu fighting products. HerbalHealer.com, healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast. We have loads of questions from our listeners because we opened up the forums at forum.thepowercast.com to your questions about this episode, which is a shop talk thing where five, six months go by and we just sit here and we talk. And we kind of sit in front of the campfire and talk about the things that interest us or the things that interest you. And we're getting through the questions one by one, Chris. Describe this. Is another question, uh, first off, from Burton State. He's got uh, four of them here. This is question three. Describe some of the challenges in interviewing people you personally know when it comes to being critical of them. That kind of goes back to the uh, your prior question about me being too eager to believe or just being plain gullible. You know, people forget sometimes that nine out of ten guests on this show. <laughs> I know I have a personal relationship with uh, many of them. I, I count among my my friends and associates. So that's a really good question. It is not easy uh, asking tough questions at times of people that you've known for twenty years or ten years or five years and uh, have followed their work. That is a constant tightrope act that at least I have to do. And I think for the show that if we are too tough on people. And we, we tear them a new one too many times, we're not going to be able to get anybody on the show. Uh, people just have an aversion to setting themselves up for you know, a third degree routine. So you have to be crafty about it. You have to, <laughs> you know, you have to ask questions that people that our guests feel are challenging questions. And, and forces them to, you know, maybe uh, qualify their answers, uh, which most shows don't do. But there is a fine line between, you know, actually attacking somebody and, and going over, over the top with it. Um, I think the first couple years of the show, for instance, uh, that this happened a number of times. And 
it's it's really difficult uh, for people to agree to be on a show if they have a suspicion that they're going to really run into some real hostility. So I don't, I can't really answer for Gene, but it is difficult sometimes to really zero in and and ask the tough questions with people that you've known for years. So. Well, I'll do it sometimes, the people that I've known for yeah, years yeah, and I've debated too. with. But you have to hold your tongue sometimes. And no. you ask the question or you ask a question that's provocative in a gentle way and let the answer fall. And you don't follow up and saying, how can you say a dumb thing like that? Now, sometimes we do. We've had guests here where I've challenged them relentlessly. But at the end of the day, I'll still shake hands with them. And they might be perfectly nice people, but maybe with regard to their paranormal interests, they're goofballs or they're making things up. I don't know. I think a lot of times you have people who come on who may have wacky things to say, but they're not being deceptive. They're just being wackos. Right. And that's it. So, yes, it's a fine line. Sometimes we cross it one way. Sometimes we cross it the other way. But in this day and age, we're not going to be Bill O'Reilly every week. Now, Bill O'Reilly will yell at people. But remember, Bill O'Reilly gets $80,000 a day, which is twice as much as the average annual salary of any American to basically be an entertainer, to scream and yell. That's entertainment. That's Jerry Springer. That's not getting information from people. Yeah. Good point. Well, Gene, what are your top three favorite UFO incidents? Oh... Not necessarily the most important or famous mm. uh, cases, but the ones that really intrigue you. I know that's a tough question. It really is because I don't put those things in a box and try to figure it out. I think some of the early cases like Washington National Airport in 1952, tracked by radar, stuff like that. Anytime you see cases like that, they are significant in the sense of they seem to deliver a lot of credible testimony and possible right. Credible evidence. We can go to Stephenville, Texas. We can go to O'Hare Airport to deal with more modern cases. But the point is here is I don't know that there is necessarily a single case or three cases. Now, at the same time, I don't know that we should continue to think that Roswell, New Mexico is our best case. But some people want it to be that way. Yeah, Yeah, I'd have to go with uh, at least one case that I personally investigated, and that would be the uh, 1995 NORAD uh, incident where NORAD tracked what they de- decided was a few acre sized heat bloom on the side of Greeny Mountain in the San Luis Valley where I was living and in, in investigating and uh, called the local sheriff and told him and the search and rescue crews to exhaust all efforts to find the source of this fire. It's I recount this whole incident uh, in my in my book, The Mysterious Valley, a very intriguing case. Uh, there were two deaths at NORAD by personnel that were involved in making the phone call that probably was not supposed to be made in the first place. Uh, there's just a lot of elements about that particular case. We have a, a Lieutenant Colonel Sack, retired Sack fighter pilot, who saw a battalion of, of large glowing green objects go down uh, into the area where these uh, this heat bloom was, was uh, detected by the DSP spy satellites. So that, that's one case that has always intrigued me. Um, the Japanese uh, KEL, or the Korean uh, airliner case uh, from the 80s, uh, I think is a very good one. The Kolaris case that we talked about earlier is very good uh, and, and very interesting uh, to me. Uh, there's been so many. Uh, the Tehran uh, 76 
case uh, of the Iranian pilots and the F-4 Phantoms, another very, very good case. And that's not even getting into some of the, the peripheral types of phenomenal uh, cases, uh, including <laughs> any number of the thousand plus cases that I mentioned in my new book, Stalking the Herd. There's some incredible cases in there uh, and some that involve UFO sightings, some that involve Bigfoot, some that involve uh, military uh, activity. The Malmstrom overflights in in 76, I think, are very good. In 67, uh, there's so many. The more you read, uh, listeners, and the more you get yourself up to speed, the more you realize that this is a huge subject. And you can't just allow shows like this to be your only source of information. You have to take it upon yourself to get up to speed and educate yourself and do your own research. It's really important. There are three cases. That's the big thing. There are dozens, there are hundreds, there are thousands, tens of thousands of cases that are compelling. There's Rendlesham, for example. Yep. Let me ask you a question, Chris, just personal one. Cash Landrum, do you think it was a UFO encounter or an encounter with some sort of test aircraft, maybe a nuclear test aircraft that we just never produced? I would say the latter. It just has all the earmarks of, you know, exotic, uh, conventional but exotic, uh, you know, earthbound technology that was malfunctioning, possibly. Um, all the helicopters, if the helicopters weren't, hadn't been part of the siding, I think the jury would really be out. But in my mind, uh, having all those uh, Chinook helicopters really does indicate that it was something uh, probably, probably uh, ours. Let's move on to some more questions. What famous UFO cases, Gene, do you think were hoaxes? Hoaxes? Huh. Well, you know what? How about Aztec, New Mexico? I just don't believe that one. That's, you know. A number one numeral uno example. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's really difficult to to answer that. Um, So many cases, the vast majority, obviously, are anecdotal in nature. So when you say hoax, then you, you call into question the people that are, that are actually uh, directly involved with reporting the case or promoting it. So, uh, you know, it's really difficult uh, to go out on a limb and say, well, I think this one was a hoax. This one was a hoax. Uh, I, it's really not my place to do that. But uh, I'm sure there are, all you have to do is go to the, uh, to the website of the, <laughs> the twins that shall not be named and you'll see more hoaxes than you could possibly ever want. So if that's what you're interested in, then, I'm sure if you dig hard enough, you're going to find uh, very good examples. I love the one of the alien being dragged behind the car. That's one of my favorite ones. Uh, okay, so Gene, uh, these are questions coming from Tom 1961. Well, answer Tom 1961. Yep. Stand by. You got to listen to a couple of important announcements first, and then we'll get to your questions. With Gene yep. and Chris, talking shop. You're in the Paracast. just an alternative to the mainstream media we're the premier independent talk radio network we are gcn 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for under $30,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet under $30,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100-foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Take delivery in spring. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com.
Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. Tom, 1961. Were you born in 1961? Are you 1961 feet tall? Are you 1961 years old? I'm posing lots of possibilities. Let's hear the questions. Right now he hates us and never listen to us again. Yeah. Well, he's a forum poster at forum.theparacast.com. He wanted to know what cases we thought were hoaxes. That's very difficult to answer. Who in the field, Gene, do you think uh, is doing really good work? Who are some of the investigators and researchers you most admire? Dr. J. Allen Hynek, Jerome Clark, Richard Hall. Uh, they names a few people right there. I think that the late John Keel did some very good work, but maybe his scholarship wasn't as good as it could have been, but he also kept you thinking, which is so important. He made you look at conventional wisdom from the side and see if it held muster. So I think that's a few examples right there. Well, who currently? Uh, how about how about younger younger uh, folks uh, that are still active? Younger folks still active. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. I think there are some young people who are in it very actively, but they haven't yet reached that stature. And the reason they haven't is they're too young. Some people may do some good work. There are a lot of people doing good work. But you have to wait till they're 60, 70 years old and say, this is a lifetime of work to be analyzed. And that's the criterion. Right. I think Richard Dolan is, uh, is a good researcher. Uh, I think he's doing some good, good work. His new book is very good. Uh, I think it's a, it's a wonderful introduction to all the various aspects of the ufological field. Uh, and I do recommend it highly. Richard uh, Dolan is an example, but he's not 25 years old. He's what, no, 50 he's or so? He's, he's, he's uh, of, you know, when I say young, I mean who haven't been in the field since the 60s uh, or who are still at least <laughs> living and breathing. Uh, there are a number of folks. Uh, Stan Gordon, for instance, out in, in Pennsylvania is just an unsung hero. Ann Druffel uh, in, in L.A. Uh, over the years has done some incredible work, and she's still active. She's almost 90. Uh there are a number of folks. Of course, the late Mac Tonys, I thought, had incredible promise. Um, and my, Mac Tonys talking about age. He was in his 30s when he died, Yeah, mm-hmm. which was so was sad. 35, 34. And there's another guy out there I think has done some pretty solid work, and he's not really active in UFO research anymore, but I think he's capable of doing a lot if he had the opportunity. That's my friend Kurt Southerly, who has written one or two books on the subject. I think a reporter looks at UFOs or something like that. I have to look up the title. Mm-hmm. It's the only UFO book my son ever read, and he liked it. And he investigated a lot of interesting paranormal cases in and around Pennsylvania. And, you know, he had his feet on the ground, very serious about it. And he had a lot of potential. So I'd like to see him doing more work. But that's an example of somebody with the potential. But he's getting on in years, too, I guess. Yeah. He's a little younger than I am. He's well, a little I, older than you are, Chris. I would say, just speaking of someone getting on in years, of course, my, my number one, uh, I think the person that's doing the most important, the most credible work, at least in my humble opinion, is Ray Stanford. I make no bones about that. I think in, in terms of di- diagnostic propulsion and an actual scientific uh, analysis of 
visual evidence and other types of evidence. I, I think he is really doing very, very good work. And, and I think he's head and shoulders above anything else that I'm aware of out there. But uh, again, that's my opinion. People dog me for it all the time, but uh, I don't care. That's, that's, that's how it is in my book. So how about uh, people that you think are a fraud? Uh, again, that's like uh, the hoax question. I'm not sure how to really answer that without maybe getting into some legal problems here. But uh, the good doctor, the dragon queen of ufology, uh, I think are, are easily taken in and are, are too uh, invested in particular answers. And uh, they're absolutely rigid. Uh, they will not bend. They will not compromise. It is what they say it is. And if you don't like it, you're the enemy. That may not be fraudulent, uh, but I think it's disingenuous and it does not serve the field and uh, open discourse and conversation uh, well. And anytime you have somebody trying to set themselves up as the expert, the guru, it's it's you're really running into, into problems with me. I, I really have issues uh, with the Billy Myers, the Roman X, the Greers. Uh, I don't think they're frauds. I think they they're sincerely they sincerely believe in some sense of the word uh, what they are promoting. Some sense of the word is that like the best salesman believes his spiel. Yeah, yeah. I think they've convinced themselves that they're special. Uh, that they're they've been anointed. I don't think that it's it's uh, knowingly fraudulent. Although charging you know how many umpteen thousand dollars to become an ambassador to the universe, uh, that might almost qualify. <laughs> but you know it's P.T. Barnum one hundred and one. Uh, there's a sucker born every minute, and if you can lure them in, uh, you know shame on them, not shame on you, I guess. Our friend up there in uh, Washington State there at the bottom of Mount Adams, he's another one that uh, I've just heard, you know, really negative things about in terms of agendas and trying to be the, you know, heal you over the phone and that sort of thing. Uh, that almost, uh, I think in my book, goes into the F word. But uh, again, I don't know enough about the field and some of the people out there that have been called frauds. I tend to stay away from those types of people that are tainted by that particular brush. So I'm probably the wrong person <laughs> to ask that. How about you, Gene? Well, you know, you still have some of the information posted at ufowatchdog.com. Yeah. Right? Ross Meyer's site. Yeah. And he has basically retired it. We managed the site for a couple of years. And then he asked for it back, and I gave it back to him. And he never updated the material, some of the material he included, some of the material he did not include. He's focusing on Sean David Morton, who is not just somebody who's a fraud. He has been charged of the government with soliciting fraudulent investments and stuff like that. So he's in a heap of trouble. Yeah. So it's not just somebody who's a benevolent or benign fraud. You know, somebody tells a funny story or a fake story, and you listen, you say, okay, that's a funny story, it's a fake story, big deal, it's entertainment. And maybe Stan Romanek fits in that category. He tells a wacky story, and you don't believe it, fine. But he's facing legal problems now, which are far more serious than UFOs. Yeah. So when somebody is soliciting money for a purpose, and that appears to have a deceptive 
intent, it's a lot more than just being a faker. Yeah, yeah, good point. Well, how about some books that have come out in the last five years, Gene, that uh, you're particularly uh, taken by? Ah, I wasn't prepared for this question. I read the question, but I wasn't prepared for it. A lot of interesting books. Of course, the Crypto Terrestrials from the late Mac Tonys. It was like the beginning of something that could have been a fascinating subject to discuss. Not that the idea is original, but he posted in such a cogent way. I thought that was really good. I think Richard Dolan has a lot of really, really good books out there. UFOs from the 21st Century Mind, An Ancient Mystery for a New Era. His most recent book. book. We want to get him on the show for that one, by the way. Yeah. He needs to come back. Excellent, excellent, excellent work. Uh, About as in-depth as you could ever possibly want to be for someone newly um, engaged in in the UFO subject. But there's so much in there that even if you have a a good working knowledge, it's an invaluable resource tool. tool. Very good book. Yes, this is the kind of research that we like. Somebody who's really dedicated, because Richard Dolan is an historian who goes through a lot of this information. And yeah, you could look over some of those things he says and maybe disagree with his conclusions or his emphasis. But you got to think here. Here's a guy who really, really devoted a heavy part of his life to getting out some really good information. I think Nick Redfern is marvelous. He's always coming out with great books Really smart ideas. Yeah. Very, very thought-provoking. And he is a treasure to the field. Yeah. You've got to listen to him. Yeah. And he's 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 said he's going to stop writing UFO books for, you know, for the foreseen future. So uh, that would be a real loss for the field of ufology. Uh, He has done great work, Final Events, a very intriguing book. Uh, Some of his crypto books, obviously, very good. Uh, other books that have come out, uh, Wonders in the Sky by Jacques Vallée and Chris Aubeck, a very, very good book about pre-19th uh, century cases or pre-20th century uh, UFO cases. More favorite books, more questions answered on the other side. With Gene and Chris talking shop, you're in The Paracast. From the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Does advertising on the Genesis Communications radio network actually bring positive results? Let's ask Thomas Baldrick from Freeze Dry Guy. Thomas, talk about customer service at GCN. GCN is extraordinary in how they take care of their customers. The bottom line, Freeze Dry Guy keeps advertising on GCN because it works. If you'd like to experience unbelievable customer service, call Lee Wickenhauser at 877-996-4327, extension 107. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. 
If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast talking shop, Gene in recovery mode. I don't know how I'm going on here, but we're trying to cope with it. I mean, it's not like a serious illness, but you know, you get these bugs. And they really bug you without going into details. Anyway, we're answering your questions. We were talking about interesting books. I think if you looked at the schedule of the Paracast for the last five or six years, and you'll see a lot of compelling books in there, they're definitely worth looking at. Like Dolan again with Bryce Sable, After Disclosure. What happens if we reveal that Earth is being visited by E.T.? Again, maybe we don't believe that's a possibility, but say it is. How is our society impact? So that's a pretty fascinating book. A lot of really good books out there. The problem is here, which is always, always unfortunate, is that most of these books get limited distribution, even from a major publisher, limited publicity, and people don't hear about it. Like the UFO book from Leslie Kane, that's one of the rare books, which had lots of co-authors, lots of people who wrote material for it. That gave you a scientific case for the reality of UFOs from military officers, really serious people, a number of people work with Leslie to produce probably one of the more compelling mainstream cases for UFO reality. And as I said, it was a bestseller. Yeah. Silent Invasion, the UFO Bigfoot Connection by Stan Gordon. Excellent book that uh, is not well known. I recommend it uh, highly. And Robert Hastings' book, UFOs and Nukes, I mean, talk about a, a major work that just is so meticulously researched and documented and sourced and referenced. A very, very good book. There's a number of them out there, and I'm hoping that my, my new book, Stalking the Herd, will be accounted among those uh, important books that have come out recently. Um, there is a, a bit of UFO stuff in there. It's almost impossible uh, in the mutilation field to ignore that particular aspect of the mystery, which is only an aspect, I must uh, stress, a uh, vast majority of cases do not feature UFOs, uh, contrary to what some other researchers might have you believe. But um, I, I think we, we are seeing some interesting new approaches to subject matter. I think we're seeing uh, uh, people starting to look at things from new and, and, and compelling ways. And I, I really applaud this particular direction 
um, if it's real, um, that we're seeing with alternative views. Uh, Micah Hanks, uh, his book, Magic, Myth, and the Molecule, and also the, um, uh, the UFO's uh, Singularity book, very interesting. Uh, his new book on the ghost rockets, I think, is important. We've never really seen a book on the uh, mid-1940s wave in Sweden and uh, northern Europe of the, uh, the, the ghost rockets. Uh, another very good book. So there are some books out there. Uh, I'd suggest starting uh, by going to the Paracast, uh, forum.theparacast.com, the thread that says, what are you reading? There's a number of good titles that have been suggested by posters there, many of which uh, I, I would recommend as well. And remember, these books are not getting mainstream distribution. So you have to kind of look for them. They're not going to be always at your Barnes & Noble store. You have to search for them at Amazon, for example, or better listen to the PowerCast. Yeah. Well, here's one uh, from Viz V. Folk, who's a longtime poster uh, at forum.theparacast.com. He's He's a good guy. I like him. He's just passed the 1,250 uh, message hurdle. (laughs) And he wants to know, what do you think of Rick Dyer's antics? (laughs) <laughs> I was going to go up to Flagstaff and see this thing, and, and I guess they canceled it just the day before uh, when some very negative publicity uh, came out of San Antonio and other places. Uh, I think, you know, they, you talk about frauds. Uh, he would be up there as a candidate uh, based on his history with the uh, the gorilla suit and the pig entrails and the frozen tr- uh, freezer chest from a number of years back, and now he's going around with this uh, supposed dead big, Bigfoot that I think people like that should be, you know, outed as as uh, frauds if they are. I'm not saying they are, but if they are frauds, I think they should be outed, and I think be prosecuted. I, I think that they do way more harm than good. I think that uh, people that knowingly promote fraudulent videos on the internet uh, should be held accountable. I think it's a major problem. It's muddying up the field way more than it needs to be. It's already confusing and muddy enough without the interjection of, of known fraudulent material. I, I just have no patience for it. Well, obviously, and, fraudulent material is not something that you can go ahead and prosecute somebody for, really. I know, but I, I think that at least maybe a public uh, uh, stocks, put them in stocks and supply tomatoes and other rotten fruit to, to throw at them, uh, something to shame them uh, into doing the right thing. It, some people just have no no morals, no scruples, and I, I have no time for that. I really don't. It really ticks me off, actually, if you want to know. I wanted to go up there and really dog the guy. Woof, woof. Yeah, woof, woof. Okay, here's one from myself. Uh, that's the avatar name. He joined uh, April 5th, 2013. 61 messages posted, and he would like me to explain, after all the first-hand experiences I've had with the paranormal, what exactly I think is going on regarding mankind and reality. Um, he says, I know that sounds complicated, but answer in any terms you'd like. We all know Chris has had first-hand experiences with the unexplained. He's also a meticulous, respected researcher, blah, blah, blah. And what is my bottom line? Well, I've said it many times. I think we need to exhaust all potential closed system answers before we jump off planet Number one, eliminate all of the uh, possible scenarios, if possible, that uh, could be earthbound in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I kind of already answered this before, but uh, 
I think mankind is headed down a slippery slope right now, and I think reality is uh, is is becoming uh, tenuous uh, in many ways. I think we're, you know, if things keep going politically and so- socially the way they are, I think we're we're really headed for trouble. And uh, I think the more dire uh, things like water, food, quality of food, health, the more dire those things are, the less likely it is that people are going to give a hoot about anything other than just survival. And uh, that does not bode well for subjects like we cover here on, on the Paracast. So we need to get our own house in order before we think that the Benevolent Space Brothers are going to come and solve all our problems. And that's what I've always said. I will always say that and until I'm proven wrong. But um, that's kind of my bottom line. I, I think that there is aspects of reality that, uh, that ancient peoples possibly knew in terms of uh, geomantric, uh, telluric uh, capabilities and, and knowledge of energy systems that, that you know, maybe Nikola Tesla kind of had a, a leg up on, for instance. I, I think there's a lot that academia and science uh, is holding us back from learning because of, of the rigidity of the scientific and academic communities. Uh, that's a problem. I think we need more open-minded scientists willing to to look at uh, some of these uh, more sensational, you know, aspects of, of reality-based research. And I, I think it's all a moot point, though, if we continue uh, spreading our resources around the world here, uh, you know, from America and, and, and dabbling in foreign affairs that uh, we shouldn't be trying to, to circumvent or, or subvert. Uh, I think we need to get our own house in order. I think the the political systems uh, are really having problems uh, in the Western world, uh, especially. And if the 1% is not careful, uh, the 99% are going to go nuts. And that does not bode well for anybody. So, you know, when you see the Department of Homeland Security getting millions and millions of rounds of hollow point ammunition and other things that are being uh, blasted around on the internet and, and elsewhere. It's, it's troubling. Uh, what do you think, Gene? I think we can always come back and say, gee, isn't the world going to hell and what are we going to do about it? But right now, I think our biggest problem would be the corporations who control everything. They control the news media. They control the government by dint of the fact that they donate to candidates, and the candidates cannot win elections without adhering to corporate interests. And that's not Republican and Democrat. It's both. we got more to say. With Gene and Chris talking shop, you're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, They're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, 
Use the coupon code Gene when you check out. Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels, Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at 11 trillion gold, trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded 16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The 20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a printing press to finance. A hundred years ago, we had a gold standard to limit this madness, but now you have to adopt your own gold standard. Don't be fooled with paper promises. Get Midas Resources 10 Reasons to Buy Gold free by calling 800-686-2237. Understanding the gold and silver market may be the only insurance you could have to avoiding the next economic crisis. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order your free copy. Again, that's 800-686-2237. Now you can get the same survival food U.S. Special Forces use on their toughest field missions. High-protein, high-energy, freeze-dried foods known as long-range patrol rations or LERPs. Soldiers love LERP rations. They're lightweight and easy to carry. Easy to prepare by just adding water. Easy to enjoy because they taste great. Civilians love LERPs as a solution for emergency preparedness and recreational activities with limited storage space, such as hiking, climbing, sailing, or RV travel. Veteran-owned Freeze-Dry Guy is your exclusive source for this 2013 U.S. military overrun. Long on nutrition, these delicious entrees have a long shelf life, lasting decades. But this rare opportunity, this limited supply, will not last long. You have to act now. Call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD. Or log on now to freezedryguy.com, freezedryguy.com. Question. Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terragonics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So corporate control is fascism. Yeah. Okay. So we can say, for example, that Obama is the fascist, Marxist, communist, whatever you think of him. It doesn't matter. The point is here, isn't it strange how, except for a few minor things, the situation in Washington doesn't really change from year to year. I mean, we put Obama in there, he does a lot of things Bush would have done. Even this controversial Health Care Act was developed by the Republicans 
the Heritage Foundation back in 1989. And as I recall, they actually wanted to have George H.W. Bush introduce it, but then they had the first Iraq War. So it didn't happen. But think about that. So where's the difference? You know, they can say all sorts of things now. It doesn't work. The website was bad and all this nonsense. It's a Republican idea. And what is the difference anymore between Democrats and Republicans? Most of the claims of difference are probably exaggerated. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, each one is a, a, a side of the same tarnished coin of the plutocracy. <laughs> so that's the problem. The biggest problem of all yeah. is how do we deal with that? How do we prevent where that leads to? Yeah. I mean, what was that movie with... It was called Elysium. Right. Yeah, that was just out this earlier this year with Matt Damon and Jodie Foster. Matt Damon and Jodie Foster, Elysium. And what they did is they separated the so-called 1% rich class from everyone else, and they put them up in the sky in a floating or flying city and left all the other people to fend for themselves. And you think that's not going to happen? We need E.T. If there's an E.T. out there, we sure as heck need him, or her, or it. <laughs> it is headed towards that uh, extreme separation uh, between the haves and the have-nots, or the haves and everybody else, I should say. Uh, I agree. Well, let's move on to more uh, uplifting topics here. That's, that's pretty much of a downer. Sorry about that, but uh, we're going to move on. Here's one from OS Prime, Gene who's been a member at forum.theparacast.com since June of, of 2013. And he asked a very interesting question. Uh, I don't really think there's an answer to it, but uh, I'll pose it anyway. To both you guys, what do you think will finally satisfy the curiosity of those interested in the subjects of ufology, the paranormal, or even cryptozoology? I assume the confirmation from Uncle Sam is the obvious answer, uh, which I disagree. But then again, a lot of people interested in these subjects don't seem to believe the man. Uh, isn't that the truth? You know, you oh. just raised an interesting point. Let me take it to its yeah, logical conclusion. Okay, we don't believe our government. We have no faith in the government. We don't believe the president. We don't believe the Democrats. We don't believe the Republican Party. Tomorrow, if Obama said, we're being visited by E.T., we don't know what their intentions are towards us so far. They've not indicated any evidence of hostility. If he said that, I'd say if you did a Gallup poll that minute... A large portion of the people in this country and around the world would disbelieve him. They think he's lying. He's trying to do something to cover up the problems of Obamacare or the economy or something. You can't win for losing scenarios. So I, I agree that, um, you know, I, number one, I don't think disclosure uh, by the government is ever going to happen in the way that uh, Stephen Bassett and others would uh, idealize it. I think that most of this type of this material that needs to be disclosed uh, to those folks is in the private sector, number one. So uh, it's out of reach of the government, I think, in many ways. And it's plausible deniability. It's set up very, very craftily. Well, he goes on, OS Prime goes on and says, are we setting ourselves up just to continue, I guess, is what he's saying, uh, for an eternal battle of truth? Is scientific evidence more than enough proof? If so, do we investigate those analyzing data? Maybe they work for Bigelow at some time. Well, you know, again, it's, you know, it's a treadmill. It's three steps forward, two steps back. Uh, I think there will always be mysteries. I think we'll never get a full answer 
or have all the answers that would uh, satisfy our curiosity. I think humans, by their very nature, need things to be curious about, uh, whether it's who's going to win uh, the football game next week or uh, whether their neighbor's actually going to go out with that guy and, and marry him. I mean, we all are curious about how things are going to turn out. So it's just our, by by our nature, we're just very curious animals. So I think that aspect of it will always be there. I think the more we know, the more questions we're going to have and the less we're going to realize that we really, <laughs> even though we, we're, we're learning more and more, uh, we realize that we know less and less. So it's always going to be that way. I don't think that'll ever change. Do you consider then the UFO field to be a moving target? As we discover something, something renders that information inoperative, inaccurate, or takes us further somewhere. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I think in, in some cases, the sense of the word, yeah, but no, not always. He goes on, on a couple more tangents. What ever happened to the idea of getting a psychic to do some sort of reading on the show? I still want to do that. I, I have somebody in mind to do that. I think um, the time might be right, Gene, to get her on the show. What we'll do is we'll announce the actual time of the taping. We'll field some calls during the taping session, and we will record the results of those interactions. And she's more than willing to do it. She's very confident in her abilities. And I think it's a great idea. I think it would be a very popular show. Um, when are we doing another roundtable, Gene, uh, with our listeners? We haven't done one of those in a while. That's something that we should uh, also consider. Well, next week we have Dr. Joseph Farrell booked. Right. The week after that, possibly we'll have you on to talk about stalking the herd. But mm-hmm. maybe then we'll have a listener roundtable to question you. Oh, that would be good. That'd be fun? Yeah, I'd do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's a question from Team Sheep Squatch, <laughs> who's a recent uh, signer-upper. Uh, oh, I love these names. <laughs> Hashtag Team Sheep Squatch. With a rabid dog as an avatar with horns, or is that some demon? I'm not sure. Oh, it's a Bigfoot. It looks mad. Uh, he wants to know if we want to have Art Bell on the show. Uh, I respect him more than most hosts. Uh, love to hear what he's up to, his views on current issues. I'm, I'm not really interested in having Art Bell on the show myself. Uh, I, I, maybe. Um, I doubt he'd do it, but maybe he would. Um Sheep Squatch goes on to say he has a personal relationship with some of the more questionable figures in ufology and has always had an interesting viewpoint. Well, that's that's true. Um, what do you think? Would you uh, would you welcome Art Bell on the show as a guest? Who? Art Bell. Who? <laughs> Moving right along. Okay, I have a question for Chris. This is another one from Team Sheep Squatch. Um, You've made a couple of statements about the meat we consume and purchase from local stores. Aside from raising your own animals, what should we be eating? You know what? That's a question we will have to take to our next segment. What should we be eating? Should we give up on McDonald's? Should we give up on that local steakhouse? What about Wendy's if you don't like McDonald's? What should we do after hearing about how they treat the animals they use to make our meat. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't eat it all. With Gene and Chris talking shop, you're in the Paracast. The nation.
nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bodies products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey water filters for the love of clean water. Do you owe the IRS money that you can't pay? Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. It's no secret that silver is one of the oldest known natural antibiotics. But the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on big pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this 
this truth dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888-213-4338. 888-213-4338. And talk to the patriots at utopiasilver.com, a leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins, and herbs. utopiasilver.com. This is Kurt Seven, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. Okay, Chris, in writing Stalking the Herd, you became an expert on the beef and cattle industry. So what do we do, man? I don't know about being an expert. It's such a huge subject. Um, I just barely lip, licked the tip of the iceberg. Um, I did buy quite a number of books and read them. Uh, much to my horror, some of the information that... Uh, that I uncovered, especially the sanitary conditions within the rendering uh, plants and and in the feedlots where animals are unnaturally uh, just stacked together by the th- tens of thousands and uh, very unhealthy. Well, in answer to your question, uh, this is my story. I, I really think you should try to eat local. If you live in a city, obviously that's going to be difficult. But if you live in the suburbs or out in the country. Go to your local farmer's markets, find out who is local that raises and renders their own animals, buy eggs from your neighbors if they have chickens. Uh, The Greeks called it consuming local mumia, consuming foodstuffs that are produced within sight of your region. If you get up on the highest hill and look around, anything that you can see, any area there that has these, these types of foodstuffs would be the ideal Obviously, if you live in an urban environment, this is problematic. But, um, you know, again, grain-fed, cage-free. Grain-fed is is bad. Grass-fed is better. You should, uh, especially with beef, only eat animals that have been raised, uh, hopefully, on an open range and on a a natural diet of grass as opposed to grain. Grain is very bad for, for the cattle. You know, we what we pump sixteen, seventeen hundred pounds of grain into the to the animals at the end of their lives before they're rendered, just to get four hundred pounds of weight on them. So, with all that grain, we could be feeding uh, the entire two billion people starving on the planet. Aside from raising your own animals, what should we be eating? Well, I I think you know there are other ways to get protein. Uh, I really have cut down on my meat consumption. I still eat meat. I still love a good hamburger every now and then. But uh, I don't eat processed meat, if at all humanly possible. I stay away from processed meat. Um, of course, I'll go to you know Subway once in a blue moon because it's convenient. But I really strongly urge people to stay away from any processed meat. Or food when you and I went to Subway that time, what did you have? Uh, I don't remember. I probably had a um, uh, the salami <laughs> sandwich, the Italian. Listen to this guy. Do what I say, not what I do. Understand, I had roasted chicken. Yeah. Now, I, was, I remember I was, as a kid yeah. watching them slaughter chicken. Yeah. And if I thought about that for any period of time, I would never eat chicken either. Yeah. Yeah, I love those chickens that uh, KFC produces with uh, four wings and and uh, four legs. Um, 
Okay, another question uh, on the same topic. Would you eat anything from, from the Pacific Ocean? And uh, did the meltdown in Japan, you know, uh, Fukushima, affect the fish we were eating? You know, I think the jury's still out on that. I have seen some disturbing uh, results from uh, testing of especially migratory fish, tuna and salmon. Uh, there is some indication that uh, tuna is probably not the best thing to consider eating. I would equate it with like playing Russian roulette. All it takes is a hot particle and you could have some problems down the road. Uh, we're seeing some very suspicious die-offs of, of starfish. We're seeing uh, mutated bursts of, of animals. We're seeing skin lesions uh, and other, other things that would indicate that there's something uh, affecting uh, sea life uh, in the Pacific. Uh, a lot of cetaceans seem to be clustered around the West Coast right now, like they've been pushed to the east. Um, that's another thing that uh, you're not hearing much about in the media. I personally am not eating fish from the Pacific Ocean until I get my, my um, surplus Russian Geiger counter. I can't <laughs> wait to get it and go into a sushi bar. I love sushi. It's my favorite food. I cannot eat it now, and I'm really bummed about it. The last sushi I ate was over a year ago, and I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm really bummed. I just love. I make my own sushi, but right now, to be really honest, I am really leery of eating fish in the Pacific Ocean. I'm not a big seafood eater. I used to like tuna fish, canned tuna fish. I'd have tuna fish on a bagel with lettuce and tomato, for example. I haven't done that in a few years, and after listening to something like this, I'm not inclined to change. Let's get back to the questions. Okay. Uh, have you read Return to Life by Dr. Jim Tucker? I have not. This is from Polterwurst, who's one of our posters at forum.theparacast.com, where you can ask questions of our guests in, in today's show, uh, your hosts. I have not read this book. Uh, I will look look it up, though, for you and uh, possibly give you an answer on, on the forums. He goes on to say, Why do you think threads like the conscious and the paranormal lead to such endless spiritual versus materialist worldview debates on the forum? Is there any chance people can arrive at common ground and advance a discussion? Or are we just hopelessly entrenched with our respective worldviews? These are forums. That's what you expect, unfortunately. Or yeah. fortunately. They go all over the place. These discussions go all over the place. They sometimes diverge from what you expect the discussion should cover. Sometimes they relate to, guess what, stuff that may not even be true. People hear some wacky rumor or they post an exaggerated version of the wacky rumor. They start a thread and people talk back and forth and you've got a discussion going. <laughs> But that's how it is. That's how forums are. Yeah. It, 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 and if you think for a minute that uh, talking po politics, religion, uh, you know, reality views, if you're going – if you think for a second that you can convince somebody to change their mind about how they've made up their mind, uh, to your point of view, you're, uh, you're just spinning your wheels and you're on a treadmill – and, uh, you know, that particular thread that you mentioned, consciousness and the paranormal, I think it's approaching a thousand posts on there. That's a biggie. I, I have just stayed away from it. <laughs> uh, 
I don't really think that, uh, you know, maybe there's somebody out there that's interested in what I have to say about these things. But until we can even come up with a way to define consciousness accurately, which I don't think we've done really, because how can you define something by using it to define itself? Um, you're talking in circles. Well, it's it's very difficult to use the very thing that you're trying to define to define itself. Uh, so... I think that's kind of a, a Zen cone in action. That's the sound of one hand slapping uh, on that particular thread. And you're not going to, you're just going to keep going around in endless loops on that. And it's a Mobius strip that uh, you can't get off or on. You just have to disengage, I think. Well, Polterworth goes on and says, could you imagine the holographic universe to be true? Absolutely. In fact, I think that's a very, very uh, potentially fruitful model uh, to further investigate. I think there is some sort of holographic uh, quality to reality and to the universe. I think it's really, uh, I think, an elegant potential uh, answer. And he goes on to say, maybe our consciousness or whatever memories turn up in the cases that Dr. Tupper, Tucker describes is information from a gigantic cosmic computer. Would that unify spiritual and materialist standpoints, or would one or both sides find that unacceptable? Well... Like I said, until I particularly am more familiar with Dr. Tucker's work, I can't really give an answer. But, um, you know, it doesn't matter what you come up with. As Gene pointed out earlier, there's going to be a sizable uh, percentage that's not going to believe it. In fact, the very fact that you've come up with it probably means that they're going to take the opposite view just to be con contrary. Just to spite you, folks. Yeah. So, you know, you, you're never going to convince all the people all the time. Um, it's it's just a virtual impossibility. And I think that it doesn't matter what subject, especially anything having to do with philosophy, religion, or politics, You just there's no one-size-fits-all answer. What works for one person may not necessarily work for the next guy. So, uh, or the same guy in the next day. You may decide yeah, yeah, that. Even, and yeah. this is also an argument that people make. Well, you said a year ago that you thought this, and now you're saying this. How could you contradict yourself? No, I changed my mind. With Gene and Chris talking shop, you're in the Paracast. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? 
Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. U.S., one in every 50 homes will have a break-in this year. Burglars call it smash and grab. Police call it robbery. We call it avoidable. We are Fake TV, a simple electronic device that can fool even professional burglars. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet and simulates the changing colors of a television. To a burglar, it looks like someone must be home watching TV, so they'll likely move on to an easier target. At only $29.95, Fake TV costs less than a month of most alarm monitoring plans and comes with free shipping. Order your Fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. Many Americans suffer from digestive problems, often totally unaware they're not absorbing essential nutrients from foods and supplements. Dr. Peter Glidden is aware of the importance of healing a damaged digestive system. Now, the product that I'm going to talk about today, Mackey Plus, and it is a combination of a superfruit, the Mackey Berry, and aloe vera juice. Now, aloe vera is a very interesting nutritional supplement to talk about because aloe vera, you know, it's the stuff that you put on your skin if you get a burn. And man, it really knocks down the pain, the inflammation of the burn and facilitates healing. Well, guess what? It does the same thing internally that it does externally to burns. To soothe and heal your digestive system, order Mackey Plus today by calling 855-347-3696. That's 855-347-3696 or on the web at fireyourmdnow.com. That's fireyourmdnow.com. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I can't believe we're almost at the end of this. We haven't really covered near all the questions out there or the comments. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we've actually covered most of them. Well, some things covered similar areas. There was a lot of discussion back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been some that we've already we've already kind of covered. But here's one from Evad, who is a recent. Well, he signed up September uh, 2012, but he's only put out 13 messages. So, and after this, there'll never be a 14th. Well, I don't know. I think this was an experience that was so compelling. He had to speak up to to possibly get some insight here. Had either of us ever heard anyone talk of this phenomenon that I had an experience with uh, in in Ohio near Toledo in the late 90s? It looked like a Roman candle firework that kept splitting off one ball of green light into three identical balls of light. 
Then two of the green balls of light would burn out and the third would split off into three green balls of light again. This happened roughly eight to ten times before I lost sight of it behind trees. Meanwhile, the person I was riding with in the car noticed three bright or large lights at the top of the tree line and on the other side of the highway. As I turned to look, it rose above the tree line for maybe two seconds and shot straight up into the sky, leaving tracers in my eyes from the speed in which, from which it flew. Personally, I think that the balls of lights were a distraction technique for some reason. I've been trying to find out if anyone could shed some light on this for me. Your thoughts? Um, it reminds me in some sense of the word of, of several sighting reports from the San Luis Valley in the early 90s, 93, 94, where these objects that I've kind of dubbed cheap fireworks, they look like fireworks that fizzle out, um, would discharge other objects from them that would briefly illuminate and then fade away. But having three go and then two burn out and then a third one pop out three more and then two fall out and the third one pop out three more, that is a unique description that I have not heard of before. It almost sounds like possibly a jet fighter using um, some sort of anti-missile uh, countermeasures of shooting out green flares, possibly. You know, I'm trying to look at any mundane explanations. That would be the closest mundane explanation I could come up with, some sort of sub, uh, countermeasures for uh, missiles. Are there any Air Force bases near Toledo, Gene? I, I'm not sure. I, w I wouldn't be surprised. Of course, there's Wright Pat, which is fairly nearby. Yes, that's Dayton. Yeah. Um, so that would be my guess: is is there could possibly have been some sort of of uh, training or some sort of aerial maneuvers by the Air Force? Although normally they do that in um, zones called uh, MOAs, military operations areas, like the one in Southern Colorado where we train uh, most National Guard pilots. Other than that, uh, I don't know what to, to say. Uh, the other object which you saw rising above this tree line and shooting straight up into the sky, I have seen that, and I have no idea what it was. It flew way faster than any missile, any sort of uh, known projectile, uh, and it left behind a trail that rapidly faded, but uh, it flew off so quickly off into space that it disappeared. I mean, within less than two seconds. So I wouldn't know uh, what else to say about that. Your thoughts on that, Gene? Let's leave it there. Okay. We have a question here from uh, Wade Ridsdale, who got a copy of uh, Stalking the Herd, uh, the PDF, and he's interested in a STH, Stalking the Herd-centric show, with Mr. Perkins, who was my chief advisor and mentor for 20 years and helped me invaluable uh, with his help uh, in researching uh, the book. He will be on the show. Uh, we're going to do a show with David. He has not been on the Paracast before. He has agreed. He does not normally do radio. Uh, so he has uh, graciously agreed to, to come on the show. Uh, that might be a fun one. Uh, he's a very, very bright guy. Uh, has a master's from Yale University and uh, is one of the most uh, brilliant creative thinkers that I know of in the field of paranormal investigation and research. So we're looking for possibly the second or third week in March to have David on. And uh, Owlman, uh, who has been a longtime member at forum.theparacast.com since uh, late 2009, 
He asked if there are any plans to have some of the more controversial characters of ufology on the show, uh, Gene. He's talking about a possible return from Greer, maybe Stryber, uh, Dickie Hoagland. I'd love to hear this trio answer some of the hard questions. <laughs> I feel that people like Greer have been given free reign to just run amok with his ego lately. I mean, his movie Sirius was just another look at me, I'm wonderful project, which did nothing in capitals to help the mystery of ufology. The problem with that is if you have these people on, assuming they'll come on and Streber has told us no, assuming they're going to come on. Doesn't that advance their cause, give them more publicity? They figure, well, I'm smart enough. I could weather the hard questions. And if they're too hard, I could just say they were unfair. So I get the sympathy vote. So I don't know. Hoagland, I might want to have on. We've had Stephen Greer on the show a couple of times. In the early days of the Paracast, I'm not inclined to put him on again because I think he expressed most of what he believes then. And we don't need to revisit that. Hoagland, we asked a couple of times and didn't get a positive response. After first getting a positive response, I guess the reputation of the Paracast preceded us. Again, I'd be interested in talking with him. But, you know, if you want somebody who tells a good story, bring J.C. Johnson back. (laughs) Okay. Well, I, I actually agree with you. Uh, you legitimize their their uh, particular point of view uh, by even having them on the show in the first place. Um, you know, I really would like to ask some pointed questions of all those individuals. But, um, you know, again, why have somebody on just to be adversarial? It, 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 to me, it's not even good entertainment. Uh you know, I'd rather get somebody on that uh, that really has possibly some insights to share and and uh, to maybe say a few things that make you scratch your head and go, wow, I never thought of it that way. Uh, that's the kind of guest I like. Well, I don't, I don't do- mind controversial. If somebody okay. has controversial beliefs and they're no, willing to I, support I those either, beliefs, but, uh, that's fine. But if someone just goes out on the limb way out there, I'm not going to do it. I remember back in the old days of the UFO field, George Adamski, the contactee. He was on the late Long John Nebel radio show. And you can tell when Long John had him on his TV show, there was a wink in John's eye. He knew this guy was telling a story. And that was fine. He knew it was entertainment. That was fine. The problem is here is that to many people, UFOs are reality shows. So instead of actually looking into a mystery, a genuine mystery, people are having strange experiences. We need to understand what's going on. Is it E.T.? Is it secret military weapons, interdimensional creatures, another race here? So many mysteries to cover. But when TV covers it, they use the reality show meme for all this. And so we get nowhere and we don't really learn about what's going to happen. I think we've just about come to the end of this, and we're about ready to do our goodbyes for the week. Well, that went fast. (laughs) Wow. And I didn't know if I could hang out, because as I said, I'm getting over a virus. Chris, you've got 30 seconds. Give us the pitch for your site and stalking the herd. Yeah. um, The book was sent uh, by the printer. It's arrived at the publishers. There's, I'm not sure how many uh, copies. I think uh, 2,500, 3,000, I believe, were in the first print run. So I'm expecting to have my books in 
a couple of days after you hear this broadcast. So uh, that's really good news. I can't wait to get my hands on it. I'm wondering how many of these monsters are going to fit in a case. It's probably not going to be too many. But uh, yeah, if you want to know more about my work, uh, go to OurStrangePlanet.com. I do have a special site set up for Stalking the Herd, which is my book that's uh, going to be available next week, finally, uh, in its printed form. If you want to get a PDF of it, you can go to Our Strange Planet or StalkingTheHerd.com and order that. Okay, so uh, that's it. It was fun, Gene. Thank you uh, for having me on as your co-host. All right, and you can check us out on Twitter. We are The Paracast. We are The Paracast on Twitter. You go to TheParacast.com to check our site, all the episodes from 2006, and also participate in our wild, wacky Paracast community forums. And here we go. With Gene and Chris, we talked shop, and this week, once again, you were in the Paracast. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in... The Paracast.